0: This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. A good start for the Rockies. I know it's a small sample size, but I am really encouraged by what we've seen so far. Trouble for the Marlins.
1: 72 hours into the season, games had to be postponed because of what happened in Miami. Kyle Freeland has a great first outing and tells Drew how the new windup is working.
2: It was a little awkward at first just because, you know, for you know, three years in the big leagues, I was, you know, using that pause and then getting rid of that pause and, and doing it all in one fluid mercy
0: and drew explains what happened here take a good look you won't see it for long second dick shot here in texas this is the drew goodman podcast with julie brownman hey everybody happy week to you welcome to the drew goodman podcast with julie brownman and we are in the midst of real live sporting events, stuff that counts. Yes, there's some controversy out there as well. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But first and foremost, on this beautiful Wednesday that we take, Julie Brauman, how are you?
1: I am doing really well. I mean, just because you just said why I'm doing really well. We're watching sports. They count. It's all good. Um, no, I'm doing great. And I i know we talked about this off air. Um, I'm geeking out already uh, because I'm checking the standings.
0: Or- Julie, you're a smart lady. I've said that many <laughs> times through the years, and you're particularly smart in your wisdom to check the standings early. And normally, normally, 162 games, I would say, Julie, you're a fool. Why are you checking the standings the opening week of the season? It doesn't mean anything. It's right. April. But guess what? Every week, it does mean something because we are playing this 60-game game Yes, Sprint, as they're calling. I'm going to come up with a different name. I'm tired of saying Sprint. But yeah, listen, every week means something. Every game means 2.7, as we were discussing last week. So once again, you are very shrewd to check the standings.
1: (laughs) It felt a little geeky, but... It's kind of fun. So we do have a new sponsor on the podcast, and it is Steel, which we'll talk about. I know they're a big sponsor of the the Rockies and AT&T Sportsnet. And now they're one of our sponsors of the podcast. So we'll talk about them in just a little bit. But we're going to kick off the podcast with the Steel Power Move of the Week. And I got to say, the pitching staff, I think, is the Power Move of the Week, starting rotation and bullpen, right? I mean, how many times do we get to say that?
0: Julie, uh, we were discussing this on the broadcast, Jeff Houston and I, and Spilly the other night, and that is the fact that baseball never changes. I've said this over the years ad nauseum, whether it's 10-year-olds, whether it's 15-year-olds, whether it's college guys, or whether it's the best guys on the planet the sport will always be about pitching. We can talk about, you know, the Nolan Arenados and the, and the Charlie Blackmans and the stories and they're wonderful players and they're fun to watch and they're great, 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 great. But what ultimately determines whether a team is any good is how their pitching is. And the Rockies, who through the years have been maligned a little bit, they have the toughest pitching assignment in baseball, we know why, they're off to a fabulous start, and as you said, it's not just uh, the starters; it's the bullpen, and they've kind of reconfigured their bullpen. I know it's a small sample size, but um, I am really encouraged by what we've seen so far.
1: So, the, one of the issues that we talked about do, about doing a once a week podcast is sometimes you know it, it's real timely when we tape it, but then you know it goes on for a week, so. Hopefully, knock on wood, things don't change. But when you look through going through the starting rotation, because of the schedule, there wasn't a fifth starter. Wow, Drew. I mean, I don't know if you could have asked for a better start from all of the guys.
0: Do you know, as we tape this on this Wednesday morning and, and after after the show, I'm heading down to, I was going to say to the ballpark, you saw always saying ballpark, we're heading to our studio to call the game, uh, the day game from Oakland after the Rockies won 8-3 to three last night. The Rockies, Julie, through four games, have given up eight runs. That is the fewest number of runs allowed in baseball. Now, who would have thought that? Again, we understand small sample size. But the starting rotation, all four guys went out and and pitched very, very well. Senzatella's pitch count last night got up a little bit, but he got big outs. Kyle Freeland was, was terrific on Sunday. You want to talk about encouraging four pitch mix, everything he said he was going to work on in terms of getting greater variance between his fastball and his off speed pitches. It was fully on display in that finale down in Arlington against the Rangers. Herman Marquez in the opener, uh, Marcus had a had a, a, a no hitter going into the sixth inning. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of things that went well the first time through the rotation, not to mention, and you you touched on it. The bullpen has allowed just one run so far. And Daniel Bard has been a a marvelous story, not just because he comes back after seven plus years, but how effective and how nasty his stuff has been.
1: So let's talk about just to um, stay on the starting pitching for a little bit, which performance it's hard to say that Marquez wasn't the most impressive performance, right? Um, on in the opener, but just to see, you know, Freeland bounce back. Did he get in trouble a little or hit a little bit early? Uh, but just to see how he bounced back from that. And since I got in trouble a, a couple times and got out of that, which one do you point out and go, that that was, that, that's the most impressive for you?
0: Well, I'm going to say 1A, you know, 1 and 1A. And, and for me, 1A will be, Hermann Marquez, because we knew going in that he has H material. We've seen it on display in the past, and he demonstrated that in the opener. But what needs to happen for the Rockies going forward is for Kyle Freeland to be closer to the form he displayed when he was a, a Cy Young finalist, fourth in the Cy Young in 2018, than what we saw last year, which was obviously a forgettable season. And based on what we saw on Sunday, again, one ball game, and he's going to get probably another 10 starts, maybe 11, that was that was tremendous. And that really, uh, I think, was uplifting for all Rockies fans, for Kyle, for his teammates to say, yeah, you know, he can do it again. You can't pitch like he did, Julie, in 2018 and go, oh, well, that was a fluke. You can't do that. You can have a good ball game or two and say, well, you know, the planets aligned and, and and it went well. He did that for a whole season, and he showed signs of it the year before. So um, I'm really feeling good about what we saw Sunday. So I'd say 1-1A with Kyle Freeland and Herman.
1: So I know that he's been working on, um, I guess, velocity and his arsenal pitches. What did you see was the main difference? Again, it's a short sample, a small sample size.
0: He barely threw a a curveball in the past. He threw a curveball that was in the, you know, around the 80 mile an hour mark. And, you know, his fastball is going to be 91 to 94. Um, His slider, it looks like he's he backed off it a little bit instead of it coming in, you know, eighty seven. It's around eighty five. And I I know maybe to to most people say, well, does that make a big difference? It does, especially when you're able to command it. And his changeup was terrific. He commanded all four of his pitches. It was it, it was it wasn't as if he was a two pitch guy and he occasionally threw a changeup or occasionally threw a curveball. He threw the whole arsenal. He threw it uh, by and large exactly where he wanted uh to the only blemish was the long home run he gave up to joey gallo and you had a moment there you said well is it going to come unravel because all the home runs he gave up last year no not at all i mean he he got right after the next couple of hitters and and that was it i mean so he was really strong for six innings and um again the things that you had read about uh him working on were on full display
1: so again uh, just a few games to talk about, and the offense did break out in the uh, the first game against Oakland. But any concern offensively? Because the first few games it didn't see too much.
0: No, you're you're not concerned because th- there's so much talent there offensively. I do think the Rockies, because we have 27 years of data, they're always going to struggle more than other teams on the road because they're coming from altitude and the ball movement and all the things we've discussed before and been discussed in many different places. And you say, well, the season started in Arlington. Why should that have affected them? Well, they just trained for the better part of three weeks at altitude. And you started to see them break out uh, against a, a good pitching staff with Oakland and scoring eight runs on 13 hits. On Tuesday nights, so that was great to see. They have four all-stars in the lineup. Um, you have some young, talented players, Sam Hilliard, who hit the ball out last night and also had a double. They're, they're going to score runs and they're going to be better offensively on the road in, in this year, in my opinion, uh, than they were last year. So uh, I'm not at all concerned that they didn't really swing the bats uh, down in Texas.
1: So that's all good news so far early in the season. What's not good news is 72 hours into the season, uh, games had to be postponed because of what happened in Miami. I think the last, um, when we tape on this Wednesday morning, the last count I had is 15 Marlins players and coaches had tested positive. And uh, there's games being postponed. And, but there, I don't know, uh, there's a lot of people that early on thought, okay, this is it, it's going down. Cancel, you know, you got to cancel the season. What say you? Well,
0: first of all, um, you, you don't want to see what happened uh, down in Miami. But is this uh, an absolute shock? No. Major League Baseball has prepared for it. And the reason you say that is that they have 60 man rosters. If they didn't think that this was a possibility or a likelihood, they would just go into a 60-game season with the normal 40-man rosters. They realized that this could occur. And I think they're doing the absolute right thing in shutting the Marlins down for a full week and assessing where they are. By the way, reports are that all 15 um, players and the two staff members are asymptomatic right now. That, that, That... Hmm. It's not irrelevant because this, we know this is a highly contagious virus. We understand that. But it also provides the opportunity that potentially these guys can get back um, more quickly. It did affect the Phillies as well. They were scheduled uh, to host the Yankees. I think Major League Baseball is doing the right thing. They pushed pause uh, until at least Friday with Philadelphia. You know, there was some Good news that was completely obscured by what's going on with the Marlins, and that is that every other test in Major League Baseball over the weekend, all 29 other teams, that includes the Phillies, by the way, there were zero positive tests. And I'm getting a little over the the doom and gloom and the I told you so of the media It is almost as if, and I used to work in a newsroom when I first broke into the business um, up in Aspen. It was a small newsroom, but worked both sides. And I get that people who write and people that work in television, radio, they they love a catastrophe. They love the car accident. So it's like they're waiting, even people who work in sports, chomping at the bit to say, yeah, I told you so. See, it can't happen. It's going to fall apart. They have to shut the whole thing down. Major League Baseball was unprepared. How were they unprepared? How do you prepare for an unprecedented situation which we're all living through right now?
1: They had a hundred. I would say the, I think a little bit of the criticism comes from if you knew that I think at the time on Sunday, if you knew that three or four were positive, why did you go ahead and play,
0: Julie? Th- again, this is completely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have had they have over 100 pages of of protocols uh, that were mutually agreed upon between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. And this narrative to me, and and believe me, I can find a ton of fault with both Major League Baseball and the Players Association and how they navigated the quote-unquote negotiations leading up to this season that we're now embarked upon because the optics on that was awful. On both sides, mm-hmm. so I'm not. I'm not just sitting here and saying, "Boy, Major League Baseball is infallible." Far from it. But they're trying their best to work their way through, and it's not. It's a fluid situation. It's not week by week, and and then, and then we'll have a, a couple of Zoom meetings to determine. This is almost minute by minute on how to. Um, handle this, and they have epidemiologists, they have healthcare professionals and experts that are within their employ that are advising them the whole way. It's not Rob Manford getting together with a couple other baseball people and a couple of attorneys and say, "Hey, how do you how do you think we should handle this?" But I I find it disturbing that so many people in the media are so quick to want to shut everything down, to want to to want to say again, "I told you this couldn't work." And yes, you have to report the facts. And the facts are right now that 15 Marlin players uh, tested positive, Uh, but not we've dealt with too much negativity the last several months. There's so many depressing things out there to go to the apocalyptic view on everything immediately for me is tiresome.
1: So I'll tell you this: I think the positive out of it is that it got real really quick, and so I think it sent um, kind of shockwaves to teams that if you don't do the right thing, I don't know what happened in Miami. I have no idea, you know what happened, but the sport will be shut down. So I feel like early on, seventy-two hours in, if you didn't take it seriously, you're taking it seriously now, right?
0: Julie, I concur with you a thousand percent. In fact. I wrote down a note the other day, it was yesterday, I guess, in the lead up to you and I doing this podcast. And I said, this is probably, if it were going to happen, and it may happen again, listen, I'm not naive, um, that it's probably not the worst thing that it happened so quickly as not a wake up call like these guys had gotten cavalier. Because everything that I've witnessed so far, guys are really trying to be diligent. And you have guys who are competing with a mask on. When I go work out, I, I, I stay socially distant and I stay away from people and stuff. But when you're breathing heavy, it's hard to breathe through a mask. And, yeah. and, I, and I find that very uncomfortable and almost feeling claustrophobic uh, to a certain degree. Um, but it's a reminder, not, not, a, not a wake-up call, but a reminder, as you were saying, that this is serious that this is a highly contagious virus, and we need to take care of each other and each other's extended families. And so from that standpoint, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Uh, We don't want it to occur, but the fact that it happened early uh, may ultimately be a benefit uh, to seeing this season through, hopefully.
1: I agree. And, you know, as a broadcaster, sometimes we feel like it's the worst thing in the world when we say something we didn't mean to say.
0: What are you talking about?
1: You, you had one of those moments, which we will talk about after the break. I thought it was fantastic.
0: No, um, oh, yeah, we'll get to it. By, by the way, we haven't even mentioned Kyle Freeland's our special guest yeah. uh, this week. We forgot to mention that. But
1: so We will get to Kyle a little bit later in the podcast. But first... We want to talk about Steel, which is our one of our brand new
0: sponsors. We're really excited about this. I've been involved with Steel because they've been a, a sponsor at ATT Sports t of Rockies Baseball and a, and a sponsor of the Rockies overall uh, for a number of years. In fact, they're the official handheld outdoor power equipment uh, supplier of the Colorado Rockies. Um, I know it's kind of that cliche, Julie, that all guys, they love their power tools, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the handiest dude in the world, but I love my power tools also. And through the years, I have, um, you know, a steel chainsaw. I have a steel the blower where you can, you know, take care of your garage or, or things outside. I have the trimmer. Um, in fact, I took the trimmer out. and All mine are battery operated because so many of the products, they have gas uh, products as well. They're the chainsaw kings, but they also have a great, great line of battery-operated things. So, you know, I, I took my uh, trimmer out recently, Julie, and I hadn't used it in a year. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to charge it up. No, boom, It's it was all set. I was out there for a half hour. I was doing stuff I didn't even need to do because I was having so much fun with it. Their products are great. Um, they... They're a company built on real power tools built for real people and dealers who deliver real service. It's, they're found in over 9,000 independent local dealers throughout the country. They're actually a worldwide company. They're great. And, and I know the folks uh, here in the region, um, they're a terrific company and their products are outstanding. Next week, I'm going to tell you about um, a mini chainsaw that I have, Julie, um, that you can take camping with you. You're going to love this product because I know you like to go camping. So um, give them a look. Uh, You can find them at SteelDealers.com, the dealer uh, located closest to you, S-T-I-H-L, Dealers.com. So we're happy they're aboard and uh, we're thrilled with that.
1: Awesome. Now, before we get to the story of something that came out of your mouth that I have a feeling you want back... I want to tell you a little bit about Boyer's Coffee. As you know, Steel just joined us, but Boyer's Coffee has been a sponsor almost since day one. Roasting coffee in the Rocky Mountains since 1965. The favorite play, your favorite flavors, now in stock at BoyersCoffee.com, and they will deliver your coffee right to your door. You don't even have to step out. Again, that's BoyersCoffee.com, or you can find them at Safeway, King Super's, Walmart, Sam's Club, or City Market. Some of the top selling coffees I looked on their uh, website earlier today: Rocky Mountain Thunder Coffee. They have hazel nut a denver blend which is a nice medium roast french vanilla butterscotch toffee southern pecan aspen gold you can get a ground or whole bean anything that you like any flavor that you like you can find at boyerscoffee.com so so boyers coffee also sponsors our what's hot segment and drew you know i gotta say what's hot this weekend was um something that came out of your mouth that i know i know you wanted back take a listen
0: and that one is long gone. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Second dick shot here in Texas.
1: Okay, so after you said that, I know what you were trying to say. It didn't necessarily sound like that. What what went through your head?
0: Nothing, which yeah. most of the time is going through my head. Nothing is going through my head. <laughs> I didn't realize that, and first of all, it, it's kind of a combination of um, D E C K and D I C K, right. if you will. It wasn't, you know, one or the other. And my, I don't even say my phone blew up, but a couple people reached out to me, including a, a longtime friend, and she had sent the, um, you know, the the video of it. Well, I'm, I'm in the middle of broadcasting game. I'm not going to listen to video. I'm like, what the heck is this? And um, I, I didn't realize until after the game what you know, she was talking about and a couple of other people were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I it's funny to me because on social media, you know, the the thing blows up a little bit and oh,
1: the second dick shot. So
0: Yeah, well I knew you wanted to get that in so I did. I just wanted here. to say that. Yeah. So it blows up a little bit. And I again I had no idea, but people are saying, Oh yeah, he got flustered after. Flustered. I didn't get oh. flustered. I had no idea that's what I said. I said he hit the second deck shot. <laughs> Do you hear? Yeah, I, but what's my job, Julie? I'm supposed to talk to provide... for a
1: very long time. What's that? To talk for a very long time.
0: Yeah, yeah, to talk for a very long time, but you know, you're supposed to be informative and occasionally entertaining. So, right. listen, it's early in the season. Uh everybody's been cooped up. It's been a horrible <laughs> 2020 with this virus. I thought I would be, you know, in my attempt at being entertaining.
1: Uh, you uh, know, it brought a smile to my face and it um It brought back a memory from, here's the deal. If you're ever on the air, this will happen to you. Because as you know, some things sometimes in life, things come out wrong. Um, I was doing a high, it was a high school athlete and her name was Andrea Kuntz. And I was describing Andrea Koontz. Well, you know what, how I pronounce her last name. I can't. I can't
0: even say it. Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, well, no, no. and are. so
1: that was my moment, which I think is worse than your moment. So, and remember what Kyle Keith said. I,
0: mean, I do remember yeah. what, what our friend Kyle Keith said. It's going to happen if you ad lib for three, three and a half hours. Not everything is going to come out as eloquently as you like, yeah. um, and especially in the social media age where everybody is a critic and can sit down and. Uh, pass it along But listen it was it was um it was fun it was it was not intended to be but uh you move on remind <laughs> I me on. I, I, remind I me on. On, what re, remind me on a future podcast uh-huh. to tell you uh the only time i've used a four letter word on the air
1: oh okay that's a good teaser we'll do that uh, on a future podcast but speaking of having fun oh my gosh so much fun on sunday to see Kyle Freeland put in that kind of performance, especially from his season last year, and you knew that, that war on him. You had a chance to catch up with him on the phone. You guys talked about the start. You talked about maybe his anxiety coming in. Really good interview. Really good to hear from Kyle in our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week.
0: Well, Kyle, you get a much-deserved uh, day off. We're taping this on a, on a Monday. Were you more nervous for yesterday's start than other big league starts, given how 2019 went?
2: Um, I, I wouldn't say nervous. I think I was a little more anxious, um, you know, with with the changes that I made, um, the long layoff, uh, you know, and, and everything in between. It was I, – I really wanted to get, to get to my start and, you know, get through it with, with a lot of positives. And, and thankfully, I was able to do that and see that that hard work that I put in uh, you know, begin to pay off, and I think it was a great step and uh, definitely the right direction for me on what I want on what I want to uh, accomplish with, with everything. I,
0: I thought yesterday's performance w- was really impressive, and and a couple of things that I know you had talked about working on in getting a greater disparity between you know fastball cutter changeup and, and your breaking pitches. That was certainly on display. There, there was a wider range, at least, than I've ever witnessed before. Did you feel that? And in looking at the video, uh, was that
2: apparent? Yeah, that was that was one thing during this uh, this hiatus that we were in. You know, those three months that we were not playing ball. Um, I you know I worked almost every single day uh, with Hoffman in our throwing program of you know trying to uh, working on a grip to kill velocity on my curveball and get get better depth continue to try and work to you know kill velocity with the change up um, and still have really good action with it um and you know just you know working on that for pretty much three straight months and then finally getting back into spring training uh, it was nice to see that those those pitches you know came together and i'm able to now have that um that variance of, of velocities between you know you know my fastball anywhere from 92 to 94 to my curveball from like 79 to 82. So it's, it's really, uh, really great to see.
0: The other thing that was impressive to me, you know, a lot of times a guy will have a four pitch mix, but honestly, they really don't have command of, of four. They have command of two and they show the other ones occasionally, you know, two or three change-ups, that kind of thing. You had great command uh, of all four pitches and, and your misses, either intentional or unintentional were, were, you know, borderline type pitches. Um, Did you feel that not only yesterday, clearly, but did you feel that in your side work leading into uh, the summer camp?
2: Yeah, that was was another thing that I wanted to accomplish is is harness my full arsenal. Um, I think I kind of fell into the rut of last year of not trusting my changeup, not trusting my curveball, and just really living off a fastball and a slider, uh, which at this level, you know, as a starter really doesn't play. Um, just because it's very easy for a hitter to eliminate pitches and and sit on one of two pitches that are both firm. So I think me being being able to, you know, harness my full arsenal, trust uh, all the pitches that I throw, and you know, command them in the zone and out of the zone um, was a was a big step for me.
0: Kyle, how how jarring was it to you? You know, mentally as, as tough as you are. Because it's hard to have a better season, honestly, than you had in 2018, especially pitching at altitude. You know, 240 at home, 285 overall. You became one of the elite starters in all of baseball. And then the next year, some of the peripherals are similar. I was looking at them and I regurgitated him on the air yesterday. That you know your fly ball rate actually, I think, was a little bit lower last year than the previous year. So a lot of the peripherals were were similar and yet the results obviously were dramatically different was was that jarring to the psyche
2: yeah i mean it it was it was a head scratcher you know we were um trying to figure out what was going on why this was happening what i'm feeling if if i'm changing anything and it was it it was hard to try and wrap my head around what was you know really going on because i felt like i was you know trying to do the same things that I was doing the year prior, you know, with my mechanics, pitch mix, everything like that, and I just was not getting the results. Um, you know, we, we may ne- never know exactly what it was. I mean, it could have been anywhere from, you know, tipping my pitches to, you know, uh, having some minor thing in my delivery that was messed up throwing off my timing. Um, but regardless, we were able to get um, get things cleaned up. And getting me headed in the right direction uh, with this new delivery, but it was definitely uh it was definitely mentally draining uh, last year. You
0: know, Malcolm Gladwell says it takes ten thousand repetitions to make a new habit, if you will. Getting rid of the pause in your wind up was that as arduous as you know Malcolm Gladwell will, would suggest, or was it
2: something that became fairly easy for you? It was, it was a little awkward at first, just because you know for um, you know, three years in the big leagues I was, you know, using that pause um and then having and then getting rid of that pause and, and doing it all in one fluid motion. So when I first started doing it with D Scott, uh I think it was back in November, uh it, it was a little awkward and a little a little different for me to to digest it. But then once, you know, I kept doing my dry work and everything, started, you know, doing it in flat grounds a little bit and then, you know, doing it off a of slope, um, it became more and more natural. And I was able to then let every everything fall into place and uh, and work that way.
0: You know, free. I'm probably like most fans, even though I have a different role. Yesterday, when you give up the long home run to Gallo in the second after a dominant first inning, you know, you're like, okay, you know, how's Kyle going to react here? How's how's he going to handle it? And obviously, you handled it beautifully. Uh, what what went through your mind at that moment?
2: <laughs> first thought was that was wow. Um, <laughs> he's he squared that ball up. Well, um, uh, left a fastball up that was supposed to be run into his hands. That, that stayed pretty true. Um, but you know, it, when that stuff happens, I mean, it was early in the game. It wasn't a late inning home run. You know, with a you know tied up game or a one run game. So it was, it was one of those home runs where you know it happens. You you know, take your cap. I mean, Joe Gal paid to hit hit the long ball, and uh, and he's definitely going to be doing that quite a bit. But, you know, it's it's pretty easy to turn the page over and know it's just one run. It's a solo shot. It's over with on the next guy.
0: Yeah. As you assess what you did, it's it's really less than 24 hours later. Um, I, I know it's just step one, and, and you articulated that after the ball game. But w-
2: what are you most pleased with what occurred yesterday? Um, I was very pleased with how me and Tony uh, uh, began to, you know, work together. Um uh, obviously the way that I'm using my arsenal is a little bit different than the way I've used it in the past. And obviously Iannetta has majorly uh, caught me over the past, you know, in, in 18 and 19. So me and Tony are still learning um, a little bit with one another, especially with how I want to use my arsenal. Um, but over, you know, spring training 2.0, when we were, you know, doing our live VPs and things stuff, we were, Starting to get on the same page. Yesterday was another good step for both of us, but we're we're getting to that point where um, I where we're on the same page, where I I don't have to shake him, where he throws down the exact pitch that I want in the exact location, and we can get that nice pace going and, and some good rhythm together.
0: The whole weekend went really well for everybody. The the bullpen was outstanding, but you know you, your small group of starting pitchers, Marky e on, on Friday, heck, he had a no hitter with one out in the sixth inning. It's hard to pitch better than that. Uh, you know, John, I thought, fatigued a little bit late, but, you know, he threw the ball very well. Collectively, your group has – and you have this individually. You have that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality, which I love. Um, but but this group has that too, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. I mean, I I think we, we take it to heart that, you know, we don't get the credit that we deserve, um, you know, having the talent and the skill set that we have as starters. And, I mean, you can throw – you can throw Stan Teller in that mix as well, along with, you know, Chi-Chi and, and Jeff, um, just because we're going to need those guys at some point down the road. Um, but, you know, we're, we're a group of guys who, I mean, we've been together for the past uh, four years now and, um, you know, haven't quite gotten the credit that uh, we kind of deserve. And I think we, we realize that and we want to, you know, kind of prove the doubters wrong and show them that, you know, when we put this arsenal together and these, and these starting pitches together that were, uh, were very dangerous. Yeah.
0: I want to take that to the full roster also. I mean, you guys were in the post season in 2017, 2018, we all know 2019 didn't go as, as anyone wanted. I know, uh, right now every team's going to say the right thing emerging from this second spring training, if you will, and, and optimism is high, et cetera. But, but even maybe more so than other teams, you truly believe you guys are an elite team. And and I felt that back in late February and March, there seems to be legitimate carryover to you guys regathering this summer.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, we've, we've proven that in, you know, 2017, 2018, and then obviously 2019 happened And and it kind of seems like everyone just kind of wrote us off that, Oh, you know, the Rockies are, you know, back to their losing ways. Um, which is which is not true at all. Where you know, where teams have bad years, players have bad years. It happens. Um, you you never know what's gonna happen, especially in a in a season that we're in right now, a sixty game sprint. Um, it, it truly is you know anybody's season. Um, but we know what we want to accomplish, and we know that we got to take care of business um, early and often, and and uh, start getting a lot of wins under our belt. How alarmed were you uh, again as we
0: taped this? Uh, you know, Monday afternoon. Uh, we learned this morning because of some positive tests, the Marlins game canceled tonight or postponed. Uh, and, the, and where they came from in Philadelphia because they're, they want to clean out that clubhouse uh, uh, even more extensively. The Yankee-Philly game postponed tonight. Uh, when you heard that this morning, uh, what was your reaction?
2: Um, I, I was pretty surprised, um, especially – you know that the number that they threw out with potential positive tests with Miami is pretty staggering i mean it was oh, almost almost half their active roster um so that's that's a little um it's a little scary i guess you could say um just you know as a as a concern of you know being a, a part of another major league team where you know this can happen to anybody um in any situation it's just be, being as smart as you possibly can really um you know, they're, I'm sure they're they're trying to find out and trace, you know, kind of where this came from, uh, or or how how it came about. But it's I mean, I mean, it's all about being as smart as possible. You know, we're we're doing everything we can. We're doing our protocols uh, to make sure that we have minimal contact with with everyone, everything. Um, I know, you know, personally, uh, when I'm back in Denver, it's I'm literally just staying in my apartment and going and going to the ballpark um, just because I. I don't want to take any sort of chance of of getting this or, you know, giving it to one of my teammates.
0: Yeah. Has that been kind of across the board where, you know, guys were were diligent initially and they've been able to maintain it? I know we're early on, but you guys have been doing it for three and a half weeks now.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that was one thing that we spoke about um, right before, you know, spring training to started up is. And I'm sure you've heard this, heard this too on, you know, other media outlets, but, you know, the, the healthiest team is, uh, is going to be the best team, um, this year, um, in, in such a short season and such a high risk environment with, uh, COVID and everything. And so we, you know, you know, we, we came together and we're like, listen, like, if, as long as we are doing everything correctly, we're not being stupid, we're not, um, you know, going out to eat anything like that, like, as long as we're, doing our work, going home, going to the ballpark and and doing what we want to do. We're going to be the healthiest team. and We have to give ourselves the best shot at winning the title. What's the best
0: uh, COVID celebration you've either either been a part of or seen? You
2: know, we we got a little something going in the dugout right now with with the, you know, hand hand clapping, uh, you know, all all together. And, you know, when when Story hit those two home runs, you know, kind of, Running through the dugout, not give it any high fives, but still, you know, applauding, let him know that, uh, you know, we're happy that he hit a home run and everything like that. Um, you know, the foot fives are pretty funny as well. Yeah.
0: What, what's a, everybody wants to know, Kyle, what's the game like? I mean, watching it and calling it, you know, it's different for us because on the road we call it on monitors, not ideal, but, you know, everybody has to adjust. Um, but the game looks like the best players in the world playing it, what does it feel like? With, of course, you know, no fans,
2: and and you can hear virtually everything. It's it's different. Um, the, they're playing that crowd noise, and you can hear it, but it, it's it's nowhere's near the same as actually having fans in the stands. You know, see, seeing the movement and everything like that, and actually truly hearing uh, actual crowd noise. Um, but at the same time, us as competitors were able to. You know, lock in when it's when it's game time and and be focused on what we need to do and and you know kind of give us that self adrenaline of it, it's time to compete. Let's go win a baseball game and you know I was I was, I was wondering if I was going to be able to do that uh, yesterday and I, and I was um you know from the first pitch to my last I was I was locked in um I had adrenaline pump and I was excited to play and you know, we were playing baseball again, even though there wasn't any fans in the stands it was it was good. Yeah, and it seems
0: that way. It seems like you're not alone. I mean, when you're looking at the bats, I mean, guys are grinding. And, and it's almost like once you focus in, and I've heard guys like yourself say this, even when, you know, the stadium sold out, that you, you're kind of oblivious to all of that because you're so focused. Is that is that how you're probably
2: all getting through this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to, uh, you know, from the love of the game. When Kevin Costner says, oh, clear the mechanism. And you know he you know completely wipes out the whole crowd. And he's just you know him, the catcher, and the and the and the hitter, and he can you know silence everything else out and and uh, lock in onto what he needs to accomplish.
0: Yeah. Why can this team be not only a postseason team but a dangerous postseason team? As you assess uh, your your family around you.
2: Well, um, you know I mean, we kind of already talked about it uh, with. Uh, with the starting pitching that we have um, you know, especially shown through these first three games, you know, what we can do when we have momentum on our side. And then obviously you look at our, our defense fee for itself. And then you look at our offense, which is, um, you know, my is one of the best offenses out there, you know, especially, especially the top of the lineup with, you know, Nolan, Story, uh, Chuck, David, Bill Murphy, in there, you know, those guys, it's, it can be very dangerous. We have we have veterans who know what who know what to do um and have been in situations like this situations like pro season before and we have you know younger guys who are shopping up a bit to prove themselves so I think we're very dangerous in, in a lot of aspects and in our bullpen has you know picked up slack where uh, where it needed to be picked up and they've done a, a lockdown job.
0: Yeah, no question about it. What what will the road look like now for you that um uh, you know it's dramatically different uh with uh with the protocols today's a day off uh <laughs> how much different is it for for you than what would have transpired say a year ago uh
2: it's it's pretty different usually uh y- usually I'd be out on the golf course right now um but right now just hanging out in the hotel probably you know go on a walk you know get get my body moving a little bit you know walk around the city a little bit but um get some fresh air and that, and that's about it but uh, it's it's definitely different. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's one of the sacrifices we have to make if we want to be playing baseball this year.
0: Yeah. And, and I assume you like the new format, new playoff format for the year?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be exciting. You know, you'll get, you know, what, just over half the league uh, into the playoffs. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out with, with that many more uh, teams in it and that many more games.
0: Well, Kyle, listen, I know I speak for a lot of people. It was a blast to watch you yesterday. Uh, congrats uh, on the uh, on the weekend, on your individual performance, and uh, continued success for you going forward and stay healthy. All uh, right. Thanks, sir.
1: That's your Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. Uh, very interesting to me. You know, when you asked him, was he nervous? It doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that gets really, really nervous, but he did say he had some anxiety coming into his first start, and that's fair, right? I mean, he, he, of all people, wasn't happy with last season.
0: No, and I think you're going to have the natural adrenaline of when you go out and compete, you're going to have the natural adrenaline of this is the first time in a long time. And you're going to have the added adrenaline of knowing, you know, last year was not good. And I want to rid myself of the memory of that. And I want to apply everything I've been working on and see and feel success. Well, mission accomplished in game one. And I've said this before, when you and I were talking about this season, Julie, way back in the winter, and when we've occasionally revisited during the hiatus uh, before the season got going, we kept coming to Kyle Freeland as, you know, for the Rockies to turn things around. You hate to point to one guy, but there there is pressure on, on Kyle Freeland, maybe more than anybody else, you know, to turn things around because he, he plays such an important role. And I always said, I will bet on Kyle Freeland seven days out of seven days because of what kind of competitor he is, what kind of worker he is, and what kind of talent he has. And again, I understand it's one game, but not only did he dominate, um, but he was efficient, and you could see – there's a ton to build on based on that performance. And uh, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for, you know, for for everybody involved. And I'm happy for Rockies fans because that's exactly what they wanted to see.
1: You know what I also thought was interesting is that you hear the Trevor story. You're talking to him about that. There's a chip on the guy's shoulder. You know, they they hear what's said about them. But Kyle really talked about the pitching staff as a group that they are a pretty tight knit group. And they also have this uh, chip on their shoulder. Because when you talk about Rockies baseball, I think nationally, you cu- you go right to pitching. And it's usually not complimentary. Maybe that's a lot of people that don't really follow the Rockies um, as closely as we do. But uh, I thought that was it. I thought that was interesting that they kind of they kind of fall back on that, I guess, collectively as a group.
0: I think you you see most rotations, especially ones that stay intact for a few years, they 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 do have a close bond because they're catching partners with each other. They, you know, they're they're that isolated group because their workouts are different from everybody else's, including the bullpen guys. Because the bullpen guys can work almost every day, and I I think that Kyle really has a unique understanding of being a starting pitcher. For the Rockies because he grew up here. This is the team he followed. He knows the narrative of of how difficult it's been to, to pitch uh, at altitude. And he also understands the lack of respect that the Rockies overall have received, even in the years that they've been very good from a national perspective. And it does not take a lot for him to put a chip on his shoulder, a good chip. And I think that whole rotation has adopted that because uh, I could tell you, they're wired the same way when you when it comes to Herman, when it comes to Antonio Senzatella, uh, you know John Gray has grown a great deal in that competitive regard. So there are similarities in that group, and they are a close knit group.
1: So home opener coming up, uh, another game as we tape an afternoon game today, and then home opener. So what you'll be at the you'll be at the ballpark.
0: Yeah, and, and that will be it again different, but it'll be great to be in our normal position um, from a you know from broadcast standpoint certainly, but just to be at Coors Field and and even though there won't be fans and it will feel different, we understand that. I think there'll be a great. Uh, bounce in the step for the players because they take great pride in playing at home, playing at twentieth and Blake, and and that'll be a good thing. And and listen, um, you know they have gotten off to a very good start, regardless of what happens on the on the Wednesday after we're done with this podcast. They've gotten off to a good start on the road, and they need to continue because every game has heightened importance.
1: Hey, I know it's been um, it's kind of weird for you guys to do it from the studio, but I got to say, I got to give a shout out to you guys from AT&T Sportsnet, not, not just the announcers, but I know how many people behind the scenes worked really hard to make that work. Drew, there were times I was watching the games and I forgot you guys weren't there really.
0: Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good thing. I've never forgotten I that know. just because it, of- There's challenges, but I'm glad you made that point because we have, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of people that bust their butt behind the scenes and have had to completely reconfigure uh, studios, reconfigure um, how we get on the air from an audio and visual standpoint. And and I couldn't even begin to describe it, but uh, those folks, uh, you know, my, my, hat is off to them they have done a marvelous job and and the beneficiary hopefully are all the folks at home watching
1: awesome all right so we'll see you next week after talking about uh the rockies getting back home have a great one
0: really you have a great week by the way we have a uh we have a little date coming up we're gonna go mountain biking right
1: yeah now am i gonna be are you gonna be in front or back am i gonna be chasing you or are you gonna be chasing me we should just have that um,
0: right now well we'll we'll see i mean i have a, I have an idea of how this may go but you know <laughs> yeah, maybe i'm wrong
1: i have an idea where it's going to go it's going to end up at a brewery but
0: okay. <laughs> that's never a bad thing <laughs> have a great week jules everybody take care stay safe Rockies fans, hit your morning out of the park with Boyer's Coffee, proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. Boyer's Coffee has been roasted at altitude in Denver for over 50 years and is delivered fresh to your local grocery store each week. Cheers to the home team.